Praise the Lord. You know, uh, <clears throat> every song we sang talked about light. Seems like. Seems like we were busy about the light tonight. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Let me just pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you so much, Lord, that we're able just to come before you and and speak to our brothers and our sisters. We're one with them in Christ Jesus. I thank you that you made us one with you and with them. I thank you, Lord, that we can I can bring forth this word and I know it'll be received, Father. Because it's from you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Talking about the mindset of being the light. You wonder how I came up with this. Well, about six weeks ago, the Lord told me, spoke one word to me, said holiness. And um, I thought, well, I know what that means. Set aside. And so... I didn't think a whole lot about it. I figured he was going to talk to me more about it as I went on. And then uh, Gladys spoke about three weeks ago or two weeks ago, and she was sharing about uh, keeping our garment unspotted. And when she described O.G.'s wedding dress, it just my spirit just jumped because I knew that I'd seen that wedding dress. I thought it was probably the prettiest wedding dress I've ever seen. Uh, it was just the setting. It was just her. It was just how pure white it was. It wasn't cream or it wasn't that blush pink. or It was just elegant. And it was, you know, it's beaded up here. It was just... Just beautiful, and it's not that all wedding dresses aren't pretty. I'm just saying it touched me, and then when Gladys mentioned it, I saw just the purity of it, and uh, it clicked with the holiness the Lord had talked to me about. And uh, as I saw what she was saying, that in wearing this dress, O.G. had to be pretty careful of the surroundings she was in. You know, if you go into a garage and you around car parts or tools, you're going to get smudges on you somehow. Well, I can imagine that dress going beside the, the buffet table and uh, some little bit of cake or just, you know, she had to be more careful than uh, she would with ordinary clothes or work clothes. And uh, it, it kept ringing inside of me that we have garments of white, and we really don't, we, we may not understand some things. We, we've been in this walk a long time, and maybe we've just gotten used to phrases, used to what holiness means, set apart. We can say that in our sleep. We know that. Well, we know that sanctification has always been a little squirmy to me, exactly, you know, what all that entails. And it's the same thing. They, they can be interchanged almost. So that didn't didn't work out, and I was walking on, and and the Lord said light, and so as I began to uh, think about my path, it says He's the light on our path. I know that I know Jesus was the light of the. He came in 
you know, as light and life. And, uh, but that isn't what this scripture said when I got to it. It says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Nor did they light a lamp, they meaning God. Nor did they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father. Now we know that light comes from above. We know this light came to us, but it made us the light. So we have a responsibility to wear our wedding dresses in lighted places, (laughs) places where we're not going to be bumping up against things that are dirty. It says that bad friends corrupt good morals. Okay, we have to be careful in our friendships. We have to be careful in what we do. Have you seen yourself as the light? Or did you see Jesus as the light? He says you're the light. You are the light is what that scripture says. Okay. I know he works through us in healing. When I lay hands on people, I know I'm a conduit. Well, I'm a conduit of his light. And this light... Do we see some, like we're some dimmed, dimmed view of that light? Is that how we see ourselves? Or do we see that light? You know, Moses, when he went up on the mountain, he was in the presence of God. He shone brightly and he covered his face so that the people couldn't see that he was, the, the shine was going down. So when we're in his presence, when we practice being in his presence, our light increases So when we walk into a darkened room and the whole world is dark, it's not patches of lights. It's dark. It can't comprehend the light. It's 1 Corinthians 2.14. It says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. In Vine's Dictionary of New Testament Words, light, in order to be seen. Have you ever thought that light was never seen? In order for this light that we have to be seen, it must have an organ adapted for its reception. In other words, to see light, you must have eyes to see Who goes before us when we're ministering out there? Who goes before us? Who prepares the hearts of people when we go? It's the Holy Spirit's going. He's given them a chance to see. A chance to see. When we're moving into certain areas of, of, of just random visitations, and, and like I've been doing some at the grocery store, and, and I'm wanting to get better at it, you know, where I'll have insight from the Spirit listening I'll have insight for that person because it's the light. We can have that kind of detailed significance when we go out ministering where it not only 
introduces the possibility that actually gets the job done. It opens their hearts to the light. We're the light. It opens their hearts to us where we can minister the gospel, where we can actually get them the salvation message to them, not just talk above them because they can't comprehend it, but actually have the Spirit lead us in such a way because we will have such close fellowship. We're not guessing what the Spirit wants us to do or when the Spirit wants us to do it, but it's like now. Turn the corner. Go to it. I want that kind of fellowship with the Spirit of God where he can say, turn here and go there. I want to stay in the light as he is in the light and have that fellowship. That's First John. Would you go to that, please? First John. First um, <clears throat> John 6 and 7, it says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another. That means you and the Spirit of God and the Father. And the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. So as that, in that close contact, in that close fellowship, because we're choosing the light, we're choosing, to, um, we're choosing to be responsible for the light that, that we are. We can't wear our garments just anywhere. They will become sullied. They'll become darkened. Uh, to, to keep light out, we take our cars and get the windows tinted. That's the kind of film that gets on us when we're in the world, on our jobs, when we're not understanding that we have to have a mindset that we're the light. Keep, keep us aware that just the jokes, the... Uh, climate in the office can can sully us we've got to be aware that we can't enter into certain things we can't laugh when someone has a party that where where there's drinks everywhere we can't we can't tell them how lovely they looked in their clothes because they chosen to walk somewhere where we can't walk just ordinarily so we we stay we we aren't ugly to them we just don't comment. And we op- ask the Lord for opportunities to maybe help them get out of that mindset. Because we want to operate in such a way in the body of Christ that we are aware of our, our purity. We're aware of what Christ did so that we can walk in holiness Holiness. That means even our minds. He said, he said, our minds are being renewed according to the word of God as we study. That means the part of us that was geared in the world and worked in the world systems, our mind, our will, our emotion, they're being healed as we deliberately study his word. He's given us a promise that he will renew our way we think. We want that new mind. We want that mind of Christ operating freely in us where we can think he says in, in um, let's go to Philippians or Ephesians 4 I'm sorry I'm jumping around with you uh, no it's Philippians 4 8 finally brethren 
whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are of good report. There you go, Bill. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. To meditate is a deliberate act. You act upon this word, and he'll begin to show you good things around you so you can dwell there instead of all. We've got such a negative report out there on on every news channel. I don't care what it is. There is negative, negative, negative. It's like you have to wade through. It's hard to find a good Christmas show that doesn't have sex, nudity, or something. I mean, I mean, there's just it's just insinuated, and we we think, oh well, we just love Hallmark. Well, I'm seeing things on Hallmark I never dreamt would be there a year ago. Homosexuality, all of that, is there. Our commercials are so perverted anymore; they're just perverted. Homosexuals everywhere. And I'm like, did I just see what I thought I saw? Yes, it just went through your mind. It just, it just sullied your garment. And the enemy's good at it because we stay just close enough to the world not to offend them. We don't want to be offensive. And so we get too close to the world. We stay too close. You know, I've got, I've got children. They know where I am. They know who I walk with. And uh, I pray for them. I pray for them a lot because they're further in the world than I want them to be. They know the way out. And I'm pray- that's what I'm praying. I'm praying that the darkness becomes so dark that it scares people that are walking in a little bit of light. It's, it, it's not my friend. The world's not my friend. I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about the darkness that's there. We go out there. We're not in it. We're in it, but we're not of it. We can go out there in Christ's name, led by the Spirit of God, and we can can have a harvest. But see, a person doesn't go harvest just any time on a field. A person goes and harvests when... The heads of grain are standing up. You don't harvest ground when it hadn't produced an ear. You wait till you're told the time is now. And then you go into that field and you have a heyday. You come in there and you've got hay, you've got corn, you've got wheat, but it all was the time of harvest. And it says in the last days that the harvesters, it, it's like we're going to be harvesting so much, but we've got to get prepared. We're the, got to be the light. We got to get, keep our garments clean. We got to be prepared for this great harvest that's coming to us. We have to maintain and have a mindset that we're the light, and keep that mindset, and stay in our fellowship in, with the Lord. In Vine's uh, New Testament dictionary, it says also. That man naturally is incapable 
of receiving spiritual light inasmuch as he lacks the capacity for spiritual things. Hence, believers are called sons of God of light, not merely because they have received revelation from God, but because in the new birth, they have received the spiritual capacity to, maintain, to contain light. In other words, we became cups of light. We became vessels of light. And, and we're in the Lord's hands. We are joined to him. We're one with him. We can't take the Lord when we've got a mindset of purity. We're not going to go just anywhere. And that is something I'm seeing over and over, the weakness that has come into the church because we want to be, like, we want to be acceptable to the world. So we've compromised and we've compromised and we've compromised, but we don't understand. We're growing dull, and, and we're growing less and less lighted. So when we speak something, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Pastor gave a wonderful example of this uh, Tuesday night on the Zoom call. He was sharing the lady had, that he had been around, and I want to tell this right, but I'll probably butcher it a little bit. Not on purpose, it's just... I want to repeat it like he said it, but I can't quite. He had listened to this lady. He had been around her. He had heard her testimony. It was very, very good, and, and she was spiritual. And uh, everything, he came away just very excited about her and her testimony and everything. But as he was walking to his house, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, this woman uh, was just speaking out of her mouth. It had nothing to do with her relationship to him. So a lot of things that we see and a lot of things that we hear aren't what they look like or sound like. So we've got to have this light and clarity in us so that the Spirit can speak to us and say what he needs to tell us, give us insight and discernment in that hour. Because you know yourself, there are a lot of congregations that can just spout phrases over and over. They can do hand raising, they dance, they twirl, they, they, they speak the word. But like God told the pastor, it's not in their heart. They have not, it has not produced in them what it should have. They, they are just repeating these terms, but they don't have the the meat of it within them. That comes from the fellowship with the Spirit. We don't, uh, we, we see someone in the Scripture. Now, we know Paul was very zealous before and after he was saved. Before, he was after God. I mean, he was zealous for God. He was killing Christians. He had papers to do that. And he was after it. Well, when I would just be totally terrified of him. But Jesus wasn't afraid of him. Jesus spoke to him and said, Paul, Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? And it was because he thought he was doing God's bidding. But the, that he changed. And he changed opposite and he, became, he began to have a good eye. See, he had a bad eye before. 
but he got he was given a good eye so he could see and my goodness haven't we reaped the benefit of that because he got close to Jesus and he had revelation on the scriptures that he had been taught and so he could give us the new testament almost all of it out of revelation and Paul would be led places to Macedonia he was led places the spirit would tell him to go here go there go here and the harvest was great under Paul Paul could go sit with Silas in a prison and sing praises he was so in tune he was the light in prison he was the light wherever he was he went among idol worshipers And he said, I know about that God there, that unknown God. I know him. What an opportunity he had. We've got opportunities coming that we've never dreamt of in this earth, in this time, this year, this coming year, with all that's going on. Please begin to see yourself as the light, not just that. Jesus is the light of the world, okay? That isn't what Jesus said. He said, you're the light of the world. And you've got to be that light. You've got to choose that light. You've got to choose. Light dispels darkness. When uh, uh, Wigglesworth, uh, his first name, what was his? Oh, okay. Smith Wigglesworth, that's what. Smith would go in... uh, he could, didn't read. He chose after he learned to read. His wife was a preacher in the family, and she taught him to read the Bible. He wouldn't read anything else. He prayed every ten minutes. And when he would walk into the factories, they say the factories would shut down. People would get on their faces and begin to repent. He was in, he was in the Lord's presence. And that light went before him when he'd walking in there. That light was right there with him. He was in the light, in the moment. And people would bring, they'd call on him when someone died in their family. And he'd go get, he'd go over there. I remember one thing where he would stand them up against the wall and they would slide down. And he got everybody out of there but just him. And he would stand her corpse up and demand it to live and it'd slide down. He did it about, I think, four times. I can't remember. But that lady walked out of there. Uh, Many people are raising the dead now in the world. But it comes through crisis, brings change. And we're in a crisis in the nation. We're in a crisis in our, for our schools. We're in a crisis everywhere you turn, in our government, in our economy, in our health systems. Everywhere we, we, we have this wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Let's look at it through what, what uh, Paul instructed us in Philippians. If there's anything praiseworthy, let's look on it. Let's praise the Lord. We've got some opportunities coming to shine because of our peace. Because we're not fretting over this. Although I put on lipstick and I forgot about the mask. And I knew underneath there I was smearing lipstick all over my face before I got up here. So if it's all messed up, just just don't worry about it. But uh, <laughs> I was 
I was thinking normal. I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about wearing a mask when I got here. I wasn't dreading wearing a mask. I don't like masks, but it's just, it's just a, a temporary thing that I'm going through. But I'm going through. We're going through this. It's nothing to miss church over. I'm telling you, it isn't. We've got grace space. We don't have to react to everything that happens in this world. We don't have to have that, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I told someone in the church this week, uh, as of December 1st, I lost, actually, it's $1,100 out of my budget that won't be coming in anymore. And I'm like, wow, that's a big cut. But, you know, I'm not shaken really about it because the word came for Sunday about being in, having a wall and you just keep walking. I'm just keeping walking because I don't know. I don't know what God's plan is for me. I'm making it. He told me about three weeks beforehand, he said, he said, you know, I have, I have, there's but room in your budget. So I began to call and get, you know, uh, information about lowering this and how can I get better car insurance and and I came up all of a sudden two hundred and sixty six dollars better a month because I was saving from here and saving it was it was, a, it was fun wasn't it Pam seeing all that happen you know I hate doing that don't you hate doing that but that's just me having light in me making a decision I was doing something I hated to do because I hate the financial end of everything. I just hate doing it. It is just not my cup of tea. But the Spirit of the Lord told me there was money there. And out of honor for him, I went and dug around. And I'm meeting a challenge inside myself. <laughs> but I'm overcoming. And now I'm bidding, they're bidding against each other to get my business on car insurance. So we'll see what happens. But anyway... It hadn't happened yet. (laughs) And we want, in this fellowship with the Lord, and in this renewal, it's our soul that gets renewed. Our mind, our will, our emotions. We no longer are, I'm not privy, I'm not, that that isn't the right word. I don't have that space to react like I did 20 years ago. I don't have that space. I'm on a much shorter leash. I'm a, I don't want to talk about the Lord like he's a bully or anything like that, but it's out of honor. I want to be that close. When he moves, I want to know that he moved. I want to be in his armpit. That sounds ridiculous too, but I want to be so close that if he moves, I know it. I want to be that close. So I shorten that leash. I don't, don't go to the limit of it. I choose to be closer now, I'm, I'm single, and I, I have more free time or free whatever you would think, but not really. Not really. I was busy a lot, wasn't I, Pam? And I stay busy. I choose what I do, and it's like I dispense my time to me how I need to dispense my time to me. It's not my time. And I study and talk to the Lord a lot. And I deliberately do that because I don't know what tomorrow brings. But he's walking me through a valley. 
he's walking me through it. I'm going through it, and I'm going through it. I'm just, I just love, I love my new attitude. I don't twist myself in knots anymore. The news affects me slightly. I wish that Trump had out and out won, you know, but he didn't. And other things stirred up, and he hasn't won yet. I'll put it that way for some people. I'll put it that way. But he has, he, in the courts, he did, he, it hadn't worked out. And, we're, you know, we can be in a dither over that, of what's coming. But we can, uh, the Lord doesn't change. I see it as uh, uh, things could get so ramped up that people would be running to church to get, find where peace is. We need to have that mindset. This is, it looks like a time is coming for harvest. And you know, a thing about, uh, I've said this probably before to y'all, but remember that there's a tool called a harrowing, a part of a tool that goes in the fields. And they harrow to cause the roots, and this is in dry land farming, they harrow right at the root, just under the surface the crop, so that the roots will, it'll force the roots to go deeper for, for uh, water. Because if they stay on the surface, they won't make it. The crop won't make it. But the roots, are, it's important for them to go deeper. And we are seeing some of those root systems in our world of casual, of this world we live in where it's easy peasy and easy for us. The harrowing is taking place. It hurts the plant, but the roots are going deeper in our lives so that we can get down to the water source, our life source, and that's God. So it's all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And we need to have that posted on our minds, on our hearts, that regardless of what we're seeing, regardless of the gas prices, regardless of the tax base, regardless of what the new uh, uh, administration does or doesn't do, our God stays the same. His truth stays the same. His love never changes, and he loves us. And he wants us walking in this love for him and with him and this light that he's given us so that we can turn it on our path, so we can light a path for other people. The other night, my electricity went off. I was without power for eight hours. And it started at 2.30 in the afternoon. But as the light began to diminish, my open blinds didn't do any good anymore. And the house got darker and darker. And I could have stumbled and fallen had, had I not had an alternate life source. But the moment I popped the top or pulled that little lantern up, I could see everything in the room became apparent. So when we walk into darkness, we'll be able to see everything becomes apparent. We'll be able to discern. We'll be able to heal. Well, because we're walking in the light. We are the light. And we make things become apparent. Like when we speak a word in season, it heals a person. We, this light that I opened up, 
made everything in my house show up. I could actually read by it. It's just a little cylinder. But I was so thankful to have that and know that I, didn't, I wasn't stumbling around. But I saw the darkness. People out there are stumbling over things. They have no idea what's in their path. But the Lord gives us the light on our path. And we give light to others and help them walk. So as we, as we are coming into this season of, of unknown opportunities, be expecting the opportunities in your school classes, in your walks. Be expecting uh, people just to come up to you and say, uh, this is happening to my wife and me. Do you have any answers? Uh, it, I'm amazed at what has said to me at HEB. I'm just amazed what I'm asked. And I, I pray that Pastor taught us when, uh, Tuesday night. He said it's, uh, that this walk of obedience or this, this walk that we're in is a walk of giving, obedience, um, love, and something else. Faith. This is the walk we're in. And as we walk, that, that we're in the light. Please ask, your, ask the Lord to show you what your mindset is about being the light. And I think we all think of him as the light, which he is. But he said, let your light so shine. In other words, we have something to do with it. It's we have a choice. He gives us choices. He never takes overrides our will. He does not do that. So as we go, asking him, is, is it harvest time yet? Just ask him. Are they ready to be harvested? Are they ripe sheep? Are they ripe wheat? Praise God. I'm going to pray and ask the Lord. Let me look through my notes just a little bit because I kind of skipped some things around. I want to make sure I got the scriptures. Oh, this is one important scripture. It's Matthew six twenty-two through 23. It says, the lamp of the... Have you got it? Okay. The lamp of the body is the eye. If, therefore, your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness... How great is that darkness? So we've got to be extremely mindful of our eye, which catches the light. You can't see the stars if you don't have eyes. I got to thinking about the blind people. We tell them what things look like. They have to feel It, it would be it'd be a terrible thing to be blind. But on this side of my relationship to God, uh, that moment I was blind, a few moments I was blind, 
I appreciate so much my sight now, but I appreciate my spiritual sight more that I can see. I've been given eyes to see. That's a scripture that I used when I spoke to my eye for the blindness to go away. And so I appreciate eyes. But let's appreciate that we've been given the adapter so that we can catch so that we can see the light. The world doesn't have it. And and unless the Lord goes before us in those things, it's like speaking to just blackness. They can't comprehend what you're saying. So give the Lord a chance to tell you yay or nay and honor what he says. If he says not now, just hesitate. Hold up. Give yourself a, a grace space, to, time to say, hmm, what about it, Lord? We get overzealous sometimes and move ahead of him, and we want to walk in the harvest time. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, for this word. I thank you that, um, that you asked me to give this. I thank you for teaching me things as I studied it, and I appreciate, Father, so much this congregation. I appreciate my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I pray as we walk together that we will walk in such a way that we continually edify and build up and exhort one another to righteousness. I thank you, Father, that clarity is and purity and those things that we can think on. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen.